Hello and welcome to the Loose Forward podcast. I'm Andy. And I'm Callum. And we're all about Rugby League. The M62 and beyond. Well, episode four. Here we are, we're going on a... We, we, we're practically uh, veterans now of this podcast world. I know, I feel like I already know everything. Well, it's just shows, isn't it? But not as much as I know. I've taught you everything I know, but not as much as I know. No, hang on, I've got that wrong. I've taught you everything you know, but not as much as I know. Yeah, I'll teach you how to say that later. Yeah. <laughs> Good start. Yeah. Ah, oh, well, pubs are open. Yay. Yeah, nice, uh, nice uh, beer garden in April when it was snowing last week. In seven degrees or something like yeah. that with a chilly wind. It's not stopped them from being packed. And haircuts. Yeah, I wish I'd have waited for mine now rather than shaving it all off. Yeah. Like Boris Johnson? Not quite like that, no. No, not going for the scarecrow look? (laughs) No. Okay, fair enough. Right, so, plenty happened this week, though, in the world of rugby league, as well as haircuts. Yeah. Yeah, there was... um... Well, it wasn't a blowout week, was it? That's for sure. No, um, in in the NRL, where we'll start off as usual, um, we had a little bit of uh, history made, didn't we? Mm. Uh, Rabbitohs, comfortable winners over the Broncos, but the history was... First ever two-point drop goal, Adam Reynolds. Well, you say the first ever, but it's the first ever for about 50 years. Well, yes. Yeah. It's first in the modern In the NRL, era. maybe. Well, the NRL, I think, had two-point drop goals up to about 1970. I think, well, and then and then did they have England. the NRL? Then was that not like a well, 1996 thing? Well, in Australia then, uh. and then in Australia about 1970. I think England dropped them at about 1975 when they went back to one point. But yeah. yeah, certainly in the modern era, um, first two point uh, first two point drop goal. Mm. Um, also, I know it wasn't this week, but um, I read this week about um, Reggie the Rabbit. Did you did you hear this story? No, not until well, not until you told me like five minutes ago. So Reggie the Rabbit, obviously the mascot for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Yeah, yeah. you know, like the the mascots and the, the happily go around having the pictures taken with the kids and things like that, don't they? Yeah. Um, well, Reggie the Rabbit ended up getting like roughed up. He got, he, he got like beat up by the fans when they were playing the doggies. <laughs> it's not funny, not for Reggie. <laughs> no. It's just the way you tell it. But I saw this video. If you've not seen it, it's disgraceful. I saw this video and all you could hear was these fans shouting, punch him again, punch him again. Like, And it turns out that Reggie the Rabbit, inside the suit, is a 76-year-old bloke. No. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I feel guilty for laughing now, don't you? A little I kept, bit. Yeah, I kept that, I kept that for you because I knew you'd be laughing. Feel bad now. How bad do you feel now? Yeah, pretty bad. Yeah, good, good. So, um, yeah, Reggie the Rabbit got uh, got beat up. Even worse than the seventy six year old fans uh, fan being beat up in the Reggie the Rabbit suit. It turned out to be his own fans that beat him up. It turned out to be the Rabbit House fans that were punching him. You are joking. No. Why would they do that? I don't know. I think they were. I think they were absolutely hammered, and oh they started pushing God. him, and they pushed him over, and they were they were punching him, shouting, "Punch him again." And it turned out to be it turned out to be the bunnies fans that were doing it. That poor man. Wow. So 
Uh, interesting story from uh, Reggie the Rabbit. Anyway, Rabbit Oz beat Broncos this week, 35-6. Yeah. But headline for me this week was Reggie the Rabbit, without question. Yeah, I think you might be right. Um, on, uh, on to happier news, where no mascots were beaten up. Uh, Warriors 12, Seagulls 13. Yeah. Your man, Daily Cherry Evans, much maligned, much criticised this season, pops up with the drop goal. I mean, they weren't great, though, were they? Um, no. No. I know he popped up with the drop goal, but it's just sad now. You find it hard, don't you, to give Daily Cherry Evans any sort of um, praise, really, don't you? I still think he's that good. Well, he popped up with the drop goal. So did Lance Ohio once. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I get, was that against Super Saints against, was it Leeds? Yeah. At Headingley? Yeah. And that just about crept over the bar, didn't it? Yeah, but don't make him a good player. No. That's true. That's true. Um, Panthers 30, Raiders 10. That was, if you like, the glamour game of the weekend. Yeah, that was a real, that was probably the game of the, well, the most an, most anticipated uh, game of the week, I think, wasn't it? But in the end, of Panthers way too strong. They, they, they do look seriously good this year. We said it last week, didn't we? And early days we said it, but that performance I thought was, yeah, I thought was special. And I know we we, we said um, last week about a, a, a gap opening up between clubs within the NRL itself and now mm. there's probably only four or five teams. So I think maybe they are helped by that most weeks. Yeah. But the Raiders were in the, the four or five that we said, so yeah. to, to go and, and beat them by 20 points in, in 30 points to 10, I think shows that they are the real deal. Nathan Cleaver looks special, doesn't he? Yeah, for 22 or whatever he is. Unbelievable. There's just, um, there's just a, a constant production line of halfbacks, isn't there, in the, in the NRL, mm. which I know we've touched on before, but it is, and... Moving on to the next game, there's another one. So, next game, Roosters 26, Sharks 18. 18-year-old Sam Walker playing at seven for the Roosters. Um, Roosters looked down and out in this one. They were eight points down. And then Sam Walker, 18 years old, uh, sets two tries up, scores one himself, and uh, probably be a name that we'll probably have to look out for in the future, I think. Yeah, definitely. You know, it, it takes some, some guts to... Be an eighteen-year-old kid and go and put on a performance like that, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so I think you're right. In yeah, we'll have to look out for this kid in the future. Um, but like I was saying, it's uh, we've we've mentioned it in the past about how they just put a lot of faith into um, academy players or you know whatever age they are, whatever you want to call them. Um, and just say go and just go and show us what you can do. Whereas over here, it seems to be more of a well, we have to reshuffle and move players out of position and things like that. Yeah, they're not frightened to bring players in, are they? No, the no, the the they seem to have a bit more patience with them and um, possibly a little more under understanding. You say that a bit more patience, but I think personally, I think that they they're happy to throw them in, knowing that. They're pretty much ready. They're pretty much good enough. I don't think it's... Um, uh, I mean, for instance, when Sean Wayne threw in George Williams at Wigan, 
um, very inexperienced. And he said, look, he's going to wear our number... number six, Was it number six, six at the yeah. time? Yeah, he said, well, he's going to wear our number six shirt and we're going to be patient with him. Whereas the NRL, I think, the, the nature of the game and the speed of the game and the intensity of the fixtures, I don't think really allow for that patience. And I think if somebody comes in, they've got to be pretty ready, but they're quite confident in that person being ready. Yeah, I think so. Maybe it's just because the standard is a higher throughout all levels that they feel like they can step up a bit more. I don't know, but whatever it is, the, they're doing it right, aren't they? Because 18-year-old setting two up, scoring one himself and pretty much winning the game by his own hand is pretty special, really. Yeah, especially from the position they were in as well. Yeah. Um, and you could argue as well, actually, playing for a team like the Roosters, who've had so much success over the last few years. Yeah, definitely. They won a couple of premierships in four years or something like that. Yeah. They're always there or thereabouts anyway, aren't they? Yeah, although he's nowhere near as good as Daily Cherry Evans, is he? Mm, well, Daily Cherry Evans didn't set two up and score one himself, did he? <laughs> no, he's got a drop goal, though. <laughs> um, Titans. Justin Holbrook's Titans, 42-16 winners over the Knights. Um, just, I, I thought, a really, really strong performance from the Titans, and in particular from David Fafita. Just a human wrecking ball, isn't he? He's just a monster. One of the best performances I think I've seen all season so far, I think, from Fafita, that one. Yeah, definitely. You know, there was a, a a big thing about how much money he'd left for and why is he going to the Titans. And uh, I think, you know, he's, he's showing he's worthy of that amount of money. He's starting to pay it back with that with performances like that, isn't he? Yeah, and I also thought um, Tyrone Peachy was pretty good as well. He had a nice little move to send um, Kevin Proctor over for the first try, but... The thing with Tyrone Peachy for me is he's like he's obviously really, really good um, and a talented player. I'm just not quite sure what his best position is. Mm. Is he a centre? Is he half? Is he a loose? I'm not... I, I don't know. He seems to play a different position every week. But he always comes... Or most weeks I've seen, he's always coming off the bench as well. And I think surely he's better than, than that. Yeah. Yeah. And on the other side of the coin, the Knights. I, I don't. I mean, it's just me, but the Knights to me each year always seem. I don't know. They just seem a bit of a nothing team to me each week. Mm, that, not, is that unfair? Maybe this season they have got a lot of injuries this season, haven't they? That's the big thing that they keep saying about their injuries this year. But <clears throat> they haven't won anything for years. I don't even think they've been close. No. No, I think you. I think you're right. They they never when you when you start at the season and you're looking at who's going to be contenders, you never really talk about them, do you? Not really. Not even really to to get in the top eight. The only, such, the only you know? reason you hear about them really is because they've got Kale and Ponga. Yeah. Whenever you hear the Knights, Kale and Ponga is always followed by it. Or every time I hear them, anyway. Well, there was there was a, a funny little. Incident in that game wasn't the Titans and the Knights because uh, Brimson uh, out sprinted him, Ponga, mm. to go in the corner. And then in the second half, Ponga reversed the tables and, and did that to uh, Brimson and then held both his fingers up to say one all. Yeah, it's, um, it's 
quite funny. It's nice when you see things like that, you know. Yeah. But, um, at the end of the day, the Knights are on the, the wrong side of a quite a lopsided game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tigers 30, Cowboys 34. Look to me... To me, like a bit of a bottom of the table clash to me. That it was almost like a, a four point, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but two bad sides this year, and obviously sad news coming out this week um, at the Cowboys camp about Michael Morgan having to immediately retire. Yeah, very sad. Um, obviously a great player, and it's never nice when they have to medically retire like that. And I think he was only twenty nine as well, so. Yeah, you know he's he's had a, a good career. He's had uh, representative honours, and he's got a, a premiership ring in what was probably the the greatest NRL grand final against um, the Broncos. Jonathan Thurston drop goal. Yeah, um, it's it's sad news. It's it's never nice, but he's obviously made the right decision for himself and his family. But on the plus side, in three years he will be signing for Warrington. <laughs> yeah, he won't play till round twelve though. <laughs> so. Has anybody seen Greg English? And I haven't since that night. <laughs> he was in the studio. No, no. Apparently, well, he'll be uh, ready for the playoffs, but I don't yeah, know. It's just no. Anyway, but yeah, very, very sad. Um, but uh, yeah, and been a, a great servant to the Cowboys as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this next one: Eels twelve, Dragons thirty-six. Now, on paper, you think, "Wow, that's a result! What a surprise!" But. That's based on how the Dragons were perceived at the start of the season and potential wooden spoonies, I suppose. But is it a surprise the way that they've started off? I think it was still a surprise because the Eels have been so good as well, but I don't know, maybe it's just been implanted in not just my brain, but I think quite a few people's brain that they're not very good and they're not going to do anything. So it does still seem like a bit of a shock, but... When in reality, what have they won four out of five? And that was what I would say was probably the, the first game that they've played, which what I would consider to be a, perhaps a top four team. Yeah. And, and they've come through that with flying colours. Yeah, they, the, the Eels were never in it really, were they? And um, the Dragons dominated. Um, Matt, Matt Dufty, what a player he is. Yeah, the the fullback. Yeah, yeah he's... do you know what though? Wasn't there a rumor a couple of years ago that he wasn't getting in the, the side? And wasn't there a rumor that he was um, he was bound for Super League? Um, that sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't think he had legs. I don't think it got that far. But there was um, there was a suggestion that he wasn't cutting the mustard, so to speak, in, in the NRL, and he was destined for Super League. But what a sign that he would have been if that was the case for whoever whoever would have snapped him up. Absolutely, um, he, he would have probably been Man of Steel contender. Yeah, absolutely, and the last game this week. Um, well, I think this has to be this has to be another round of applause, Callum, please, because. Do you know what that's for? Mm, go on. The Bulldogs have scored. <laughs> and it took an Englishman to break the drought. Luke Thompson, take a bow. Yeah, and he's, he's returned from his ban for that 
silly I get out, but yeah, you know, that was the only silver lining for me, really, because I wanted him to to break that no points record. <laughs> I can't, I can't help, I can't help thinking that you like you, you sort of heart sank a little bit. There was like a, a real feeling of disappointment when they actually crossed the whitewash. It was a bit because I think it was like three minutes off the record, something like that, four yeah. minutes, and and the only like obviously I don't want teams to get hammered every week and and, and not score any points. But you're never really going to get that close to it again, I don't think. No, definitely not. But as much as we've given them a, a a round of applause, we then have to do... Because unfortunately for the Bulldogs, although they scored, and they're going to score 18, which is more than they've scored all season, Yep. Storm scored 52. Yeah. And um, again... Um, Going back to the haircuts that we mentioned in the uh, in the opening, Ryan Pappenhausen again looked spectacular. Yeah, I don't think I've seen a better fullback this season. Um, I, I think he's just been phenomenal. What a player! Perhaps Boris Johnson should get a Ryan Pappenhausen cut. Yeah, he might run the country better then, <laughs> <laughs> and faster. Yeah, yeah. faster. Yeah. <laughs> well. That wraps up. I think that wraps up the NRL, doesn't it, for this week? Yeah, that was the last game. Yeah. Um, so, yes, it was. So, we've we've put things in because there's been some there's some interesting news items this week, isn't there? So, uh, we're gonna we're gonna come on to that if you like the week in rugby league, aren't we? Yes. So we're gonna start off uh, just little bit little snippets that we've um, uh, that we've got. First thing this week is that. And we're going to hopefully do a much more in-depth show on this, and the women's super league returns. Yeah, it's it, you know it's, I know I've seen a lot of the, um, the the players on on Twitter and things like that, how excited they are after having like eighteen months off. More um, you know how, how how good it was back, how good it felt to to be back training, and now it's game week, and you know I really hope that. Um, the women's side of the game kicks on like the the women's football has. I think the standard has improved tremendously over the last two or three years. Yeah, definitely. There seems to be um, a lot more um, depth in in squads, and yeah. um, it's nice to see more teams popping up. Yeah, um, and I think all the all the things with like. Uh, the, the they've had like tours of Australia, aren't they? England, and yeah. and they were involved in the World Cup nines, which was great. It's all good for the game, and absolutely. The more that the the in the spotlight for things like that, the the better it's going to be. Yeah, and we will be doing a, a special on the women's game over the next few weeks at some point. Yeah, once it starts, yeah, we'll, kicking uh, off, and uh, we'll uh, we'll do that more in depth. Uh, fixtures for the opening round, uh, which. I think he's excellent in a way because I think they've really planned this well with some derbies as opening fixtures. Uh, Warrington Wigan, Leeds York, Leeds the reigning champions, uh, Featherstone and Castleford, another derby. Castleford runners-up in both the Challenge Cup and the Super League last year. And then uh, finally, Bradford and Saints, uh, of which Saints give a debut to Amy Hardcastle, who they signed from Bradford for the 2020 season, but she's been waiting 18 months for a debut. <laughs> yes, so, yes, good look, yeah. so good luck to Amy. Yeah, uh, against a former was, club as well. 
was was um, I think she's most known for. Um, I think it was the World Cup of Nines where she tracked back um, the Aussie player yeah, on the wing right. and, and made that spectacular tackle. tackle. Yeah, that's great. So, so we'll, like I say, we'll do more work on the um, the women's game over the next few weeks. Um, what have you got this week? Um, I think one of the big things is the state of origin and they've basically said, well, we're not changing any rules. And I think a lot of it, the main point of that is the eligibility. Um, I know there's been, I think Jason Taumalolo was one of the the big uh, speakers about it. He was basically saying, look, let me play origin. I want to play origin. Um, so they've had a bit of a debate about whether to change eligibility rules to let um, players like that who have represented like Tonga and things like that but have been in Queensland or New South Wales for so long to play. Anyway, they've decided against that. And I agree, really. I don't think I don't think that would have it's like they were just trying to shoe on everybody in. Yeah. And that's not really what it's about. I think that would take the shine off it. Jason Tamalolo, is he from New South Wales? No. Is he from Queensland? No. Well, can't play then. Which is exactly my point. That's exactly what I think. I think it's 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 a really good thing and I know it seems a little bit harsh. Um you know, because I know there's debate over here whether to bring back Lancashire and Yorkshire, and it's like, well, what about everybody from Cumbria? What about people from London who are now getting involved in the sport? It's sort of like just excluding them. And I understand that, and I know it's slightly different over there, um, but at the end of the day, if they are the two um, states that compete in the state of origin, you've got to be from there, aren't you? The difference is as well, I think, if if we were doing Lancashire, Yorkshire, for example, you could you could do it east west, I suppose, and you know that sort of thing rather than Lancashire, Yorkshire. Um, but if you put the rules down at the beginning, it's different. Mm. So if you said at the beginning of Lancashire, Yorkshire, well, actually, uh, if you if you're born outside those counties but you're playing for a club within them, for example, yeah, um, then you, you're eligible. But you put those eligibility rules down at the beginning. You can't suddenly just change them to, like you said, just shoe on everybody in. The other thing that the other thing that concerns me about that is, does that not make other teams or, or Australia, New Zealand, Tonga? Does that not make their teams internationally even stronger because their players are then playing at the highest pinnacle as well in Origin? Yeah. Yeah. I suppose that's the other side of it because if if now, say the next Jason Tamalolo is you know the the heritage that he has is Tonga, New Zealand, things like that. Um, he might now turn around and say, "Well, actually, I don't want to play for Tonga, or I don't want to play for Samoa or Fiji because I want to play Origin." So I'm declaring that I'm Australian, which then makes the international side of the game weaker, which we've seen countless times with. Uh, Pacific Islanders that then go on to play for uh, New Zealand or Australia, haven't we? Yeah. Um, Has he played for New Zealand, Tamalolo? Yeah, yeah. And and for Tonga. Yeah, he was he was Kiwi. He was New That's Zealand, right. and then he switched his. And now allegiance. he wants now he wants to play. For and now Queen. he wants to play Origin. <laughs> he can't yeah. do everything. No, and I understand that that decision might make in the international game weaker, but then maybe you have to expand. The origin 
in a way, or do something else. Well, we talked about a tri county, didn't we, last, last yeah, week? Yeah, something, for, something for us, like yeah. that. So, um, don't take away origin, just add something in. The rest of the world, the rest of the. Yeah, rest of the world type of concept. Yeah, thing. rest of the NRL okay. type thing. But, but no, I, I agree with you. Although we both know that it will come in. Yeah, if, it, if they've said no changes to twenty twenty one, I wouldn't bet on. I wouldn't bet on no changes twenty twenty two. No, so it's only a matter of time, I think. Okay. Um, other news this week: um, Anthony Gelling resurfaces. Yeah, uh, Anthony Gelling has signed for Lee. Um, who have also signed Josh Sim on loan from St. Helens. Yeah, an initial two-week loan, which seems strange, and then it goes by a week-to-week basis. I, I suppose I understand that because he is on the cusp of breaking into the St. Helens side, especially with Mark Percival um, possibly being out I was, or still recovering from his... Well, I was just going to say that to you. The, the two-week loan, the week-by-week... Hints that Percival might not be fully fit. No, but if Coots back, then they'll probably slot Wellsby in. But then it's like if something happens to one of them two, then they're going to have to recall Tim to yeah. play. What about Gelling though? I mean, he's played for uh, he's played for uh, Wigan. Mm-hmm. He's played for Warrington. Yeah, um, witness, he, witness, and now Lee. and he only ended up there because. Um, he couldn't find a toilet, or did he, when he was at the Roosters? <laughs> yeah. Um, so he, he had to go there and then, didn't he? Yeah. In a, in a cup or something. Or on something the table. Like. On the just, table. Just took a poo on, on the, the table. Yeah, like you do. Yeah. You've never done that? Only once. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get invited back? No. 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 Um, what do you make of Anthony Gelling? Um, he's, he's been a good player. Um, for for Wigan especially, and he did a good job at Warrington. Um, but I know there's... I, I don't want to say too much about it because I haven't done any research on it. I don't want to say the wrong thing, but I know there was that that um, incident with, with his wife and there was talk about um, a court case. Um, mm. So I don't know whether that's still happening. If it is, it seems a strange move. He's one of these players that... Controversy seems to follow round, doesn't he? Yeah, but he he seems to have got away with it. When you right, so if he's done, if he's got this case alleged, um, with his wife, um, and he's got all that going on, and he can play. And now I know it wasn't us that banned him, but then you look at Ben Barber and what's happened to him. Who we're going to come on to next? Yeah, well, yeah. But you look at somebody like him and how his career's just been completely destroyed. It just seems weird, doesn't it? I think, per, I mean, my personal opinion is is that Ben Barber's got a really, really rough deal compared to other players and their, shall we say, misdemeanours. I think Todd Greenberg had it in for him, didn't he? He was CEO of the NRL at the time. I think he had it He was, wa- he was waiting for him, wanting to, mm. uh, to slip up, so to speak. But when you consider what he's done or allegedly done... Well, he's had no charges against him. No, to other players that have had things proven. Yeah. I just think I, I, I'm not so sure about that. No. But, but he's back in the news this week. Yes. Yeah. Um, supposedly um, off to the North American Rugby League with um, 
the New York Rugby League Club, um, which seems like really a, a fall from grace for him personally, but how good is that, if, if it does come off, how good is that for the NARL? Absolutely. I mean, it was good for Super League. Oh, yeah. To have a Dally M winner mm. and... Uh, really, and and obviously he won Man of Steel while he was here. Yeah. So, so for them, for that to be the uh, marquee name, I suppose. Yeah, I just hope that they do their research on him and and realize how special he is and how good he was and how big of a signing. It's bigger than Sonny Bill Williams going to Toronto. That I agree. I agree. Uh, and I, I hope it comes off yeah, both, both for him. and the league. Definitely, you know. And there's a, there's a few names been knocked about. I know um, Eddie. Petty Bourne, who played for the Titans and Wigan, he's gone to Brooklyn. Yeah. There was a few big names being thrown about um, in the ARL, which is great. But And they are having open trials in yeah. May. Yeah. Which I'm sort of guessing then becomes like a draft, like other American sports. If you're going to these trials, you're not going to a trial for a particular team, you're going to a trial for the league. So I'm guessing that there might be some sort of like draft system that's going on, maybe. Um, no, I think I've got that, it wrong. I think so. I think the club, the actual like clubs, me, are, no, the actual clubs are asking for um, trialists. Right. I, I read. Um, I've seen a couple knocking about online. One that I saw was Ottawa, um, and they were looking for um, they were looking for solely Canadian players. Okay, um, and I saw one with New York, and they were asking for people to send their CVs in to go and. Does just a quick one? Does Jason Tamalolo qualify for Canada? <laughs> he might do. <laughs> uh, he's, he's done everything else. He's got more dreams than Jared Hayne, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jared Hayne. Yeah. Um, although I won't be surprised if he ended up there either. Oh no, no. I'm gone. No, isn't he in prison or potentially going to prison? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll skip over that. Yeah, we'll skip, yeah forget that. <laughs> Jared Hayne is not going to the NARL. No. To, to repeat, he is not going. Good save. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but I think you've got more news on um, uh, New York, I think, haven't you? New York Rugby League. Yeah, obviously. I know I announced my allegiance to uh, New York Rugby League. So We're getting into this, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, but did notice something um, that they'd put out on Twitter anyway, I had a look on the website and things like that, and they're offering what they're calling a pioneer membership, um, which is basically like, you know, like a founding membership type thing. You, um, you, you get a few stuff back, but at the end of the day, you're donating some money to, to the club and things like that. But basically, if you get one of these pioneer memberships, you get a training T-shirt, a polo shirt, a commemorative box, a membership card, uh, a car sticker, monthly newsletters, access to the Meet the Coach online when it's an, when he's announced, uh, Meet the Players online, and you also get discounts on VX3, which I think is the shirt makers, okay. like your ISC, your O'Neills, that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, Ellis Rugby, which is... Um, uh, vintage shirts. Yeah, it's yeah. like vintage shirts Some and they do all sorts. On, Ellis, on, on uh, Ellis Rugby. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. Just go and check it out. I've got a few bits off there. It's it's real good quality stuff as well. Um, you also get discounts on Hilton Liverpool, Hilton Newark Airport, the mills at Jersey Gardens, and you also get future discounts on events and games. The Pioneer membership will set you back $150 or £120. 
pounds. That is a, that's, a, that's a great deal. And, I, do you know, I, I sit here now and I'm, I'm shaking my head looking at it. I think that's brilliant. Well done, New York. Brilliant. But it sh- I shake my head that we don't get anything as fans for memberships of your... You get a season ticket... That's your membership, in effect. And that's what we call a membership now. Yeah. We seem to have gone to that, don't we? Yeah, the cards. Rather the than cards. a season ticket, all you've gone to membership. You don't get anything like that. And again, this league hasn't even started. These teams are just up and running. And you look at that sort of thing and you think, that's that's absolutely well done. That's, you know, that's round of applause stuff, isn't it? Because that's brilliant. Yeah, me. definitely. You know, who wouldn't want it? I mean, for me, I like collecting different shirts and things like that. I have a lot of NRL ones. I've got, obviously, a um, couple of odd ones, like the um, New York rugby one and, um, you know, just sort of bizarre ones. Yeah. Um, the, the training T-shirt and the polo, I would pay in, not 120 quid, but I would give money just to get a training get T-shirt that. and a polo. I think it, I think that's a I think that's a wonderful deal. Well done. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Well done. And oh, clubs take note. Take note of the of the the things that are going on elsewhere like that. Yeah, I agree. I don't think you get a lot for being a membership um, or a season ticket holder um, with Super League clubs. No. You might get ten percent off in the shop or whatever, but you don't really get a lot else. No, and on that um, we'll look at that. Will be one of the things that we'll look at. Um, we've got a really exciting. We mentioned it last week. We've got a really exciting three parter coming up about about the finance of the game, structure and governance of the game, and the on-field products. I'm sure that will be wrapped up in that with um, our special guest, Graham Hall, who's coming to... Uh, he's joining us for those three, three podcasts. I'm going to call him a, a rugby league lobbyist yeah. of the highest order, um, who's been in touch this week and uh, he said, well, no pressure there. So, well, if you're listening, Gray, um, there is. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think if... If that's the case, we'll, we'll definitely touch on that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, anything else in the news? Is, but, oh, one more thing. Yeah. I've noticed this week that in the disciplinary, Tom Lynham, another, uh, another three, three game games yeah. against Swinton, right? Doesn't need to get involved, does he, really, against Swinton, if you look at it that way? No. Um, for, a, for striking off the ball, three game ban. What was interesting about that is that do you know how many do you know how many games Tom Lynham has been suspended for since he joined Warrington? Mm, eight. Seventeen. <laughs> Seventeen games. Oh actually had that big one, didn't he, for squirrel grab recently? That's the right, but... yeah. But he's missed seventeen games. Which made me think, is he like the dirtiest wing we've ever had in Super League? Must be on paper. Cause Surely. Is that the grubbiest? Is it the grubbiest wing we've had in Super League? Um, yeah, probably. Because both those are little grubbers, aren't they? The squirrel grab and the, the off the ball. Yeah. They're little grubbies, them, aren't they? Yeah. I'm, think, I'm thinking of um, Justin Carney. Yeah, he was Although pretty grubby. Most, his, most of his problems were off the field, weren't they? His, most of his bands and things, yeah. Yeah. But I can't think of anybody. If you can think of anybody, please let us know, because... I can't think of any other wingers that have that have um, missed as many matches for for uh, suspension. No, I don't think I can. No, anyway, I'll have to look it up for next week. Definitely. Well, that wraps that wraps up this week. Yep. And uh, still to come, we've got a Challenge Cup review, and 
Bobby's stats of the week. He's come up some corkers this week, hasn't he? Yeah, he's done good this week. And we've got uh, a drop goal section, a red corner, and a preview of this week's fixtures. So, without further ado, we will move on to the Challenge Cup review. Yeah. Where do you want to start with that one? Um, I think York and Wigan. Well done, York. Yeah, I, I thought so. I think the score flattered Wigan a little bit. I think York held them to, I think, was it two tries in each half, I think? Mm. And well done. They had, a, they, had a real, they had a real go. And it's. I always think it's... Um, Difficult for a, a part-time team, if you like, to uh, not to get not to let the floodgates open in the last twenty minutes. Yeah, definitely, um, and it, it's good for them, especially having um, aspirations of you know coming into Super League, hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah, um, for them to hold on like that, obviously Wigan's defence really good, too strong for them in the end. But I thought they held their own really, really well. Yeah, comfortable. Um, but, yeah. but well done, but credit to York. And in a similar vein, credit to Swinton. Swinton Lions. Yeah. 32-8 against Warrington. We're 8-0 up yeah. at one point. Yeah. And then Warrington uh, turned the screw a little bit. Um, yeah. so that's not a Tom Lynham reference. <laughs> um but they um but they turned the they turned the screw and uh came came through in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could have been maybe a slight attitude problem from Warrington's end, but really, really well done to Swinton, especially after last week you predicted Warrington were going to win by 50. Actually, I said 62. Oh. So. Oh. Yeah. So you, I, I wouldn't be saying that if it was this week, to be honest. Not very, not very good at these predictions, are you? Not so far, no. But I'll come, I'll come good. I'll come into my own. Okay. Um, but, Interestingly, I did see an interview with Steve Price after the game, and they said uh, that uh, the tries had come down the left hand side, um, mm-hmm. and he said, "Well, we created some good chances down the right as well." But interestingly, Warrington have scored seventeen tries this season. Do you know how many have come down the left hand side? Yes, because I heard it. Sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. Sixteen out of seventeen tries have come down the left hand side. Surely Super League teams are going to find that out. Yeah. Especially if you've got a strong right edge. Yeah. Yeah. Defensively. That's a that's a, a worry, I think. But um, you're going to mention that a little bit in your red corner afterwards as well, aren't you? Yeah. The angriest man in rugby league. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Warrington through. Uh, Lee, 18. Huddersfield, 36. First win of the season for the Giants, isn't it? Yeah, good result for Huddersfield. You know, without Aidan Caesar again, who we've said over the last couple of weeks is their absolute talisman, um, and they need to get him back as soon as possible. But a real solid professional performance from Huddersfield. Lee just look a bit lost this season. I I think the RFL or Super League, whoever made the decision for Lee to come up, will be looking um, a bit embarrassed at the minute. Mm. And I hope for Lee that they do do well because it's not nice for them to have all this put on them. Oh, you shouldn't be here, and so I hope I hope they do well. Um, but they, they they are looking a little bit lost at the minute, aren't they? 
I think, yeah, they are. And particularly, I look back to a couple of seasons ago when London Broncos got relegated. Mm. And they won, was it 10 games? Oh, I can't remember any points they got, but they won about 10 games, I think, or something. Still went down. Yeah. Um, I can't see Lee winning that amount of games in Super League this year. No, London pretty much went down to the last game, yeah. didn't it? For for them to, to get yeah, sent down. I lucky, think yeah. it'll be over a long time for Lee. Yeah. Before, you know, before well, the last then. game. Well, it will be. It will be if he carries on at the moment. Uh, Featherstone 14, Hull 34. Yeah. Hull, solid again. Looking, just again, looking professional, looking good. Yeah, Jake Connor seems to be at the centre of everything for Hull at the minute. Yeah. Um, just a, a, a classy player. Yeah. Um, Salford 68, Witness 4. Yeah, Salford uh, had trouble scoring so far this season, but yeah. not, not at weekend. That that could do them the world of good. That could give them such a boost um, coming into to the next couple of weeks. Um, but but yeah, obviously, witness not what where they want to be right now as a club in general. Um, take nothing away from Salford, though. A real they, they they didn't take the foot off the gas. That's for sure. Yeah, and then. Uh, Catalan's 26, Wakefield 6. Again, looking strong, Catalan, this season. Yeah, Catalan looking really good. Wakefield, not so much. They, they again, with they could be fighting it out with Lee because because they don't look good at all. No. But rumour is, coming out this week, that they've signed Andrew Fafita to go with David Fafita. Yeah, what a signing that would be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Biggie signing since Wally Lewis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So they could improve if that comes off. Um, okay. What about what about the big game um, of the weekend? St Helens versus Leeds, twenty six eighteen for the champions uh, over the cup holders. Yeah, um, good match in the end. Even I thought it might have been one sided with all the injuries that Leeds have had or got. Um, pretty much missing an entire back line and had two forwards in the halves yeah so massive credit to Leeds I thought Matt Pryor um, was excellent a real leader in the back I thought he was phenomenal um, I thought uh, Tetevano was excellent till he got sent off um, and Brad Dwyer was was excellent for, for Leeds as well so um, credit to Leeds Again, could have been an attitude problem like Warrington for Saints, thinking that Leeds had loads out, all these academy players are on the show. Did they think all we've got to do is turn up? It does pose the, well, we were posed the question by um, one of our followers, Jordan Udart. Um, and, six, and six again. And six again, that's where he got it from. Sorry, yeah, I was struggling to remember the name. But if, yeah, uh, six if again. you want a good Twitter account, follow, uh, follow them at uh, six again. Yeah, um, and they were posing the question, you know, how good will Leeds be uh, when they get all the players back, having uh, won a game with Gale on one leg, um, just losing out the week after with the same situation, and then pretty much pushing the back-to-back champions all the way. With 12 men. With, with nobody, really. And 12 men and, as well. And 12 men joined the game as well, so... Um, what, did you make, what did you make of the red card, by the way? I thought it was a red card. If you're going by how the rules have changed, and there just seems to be an inconsistency, doesn't there? Yeah, and with, I think that's that. what annoys people. Yeah, 
Um, but I did think there was contact with the head and I did think there was no um, motion with his arm to wrap round. I, I thought it was just a straight shoulder charge to the head. Yeah. Um, probably shows the um, benefits of a scrum cap as well, to be honest. Yeah, pro- you, you're probably right. Because yeah. um, I think if, if he hadn't he'd been hit like that, then I, I couldn't have seen him carrying on. Yeah, I, you know, it's just an, it's just a, a side issue, really. I did think it was a red card. Did I think he was going to get a red card? No, I thought he was going to get a yellow card. Um, because that happened the week before, didn't it? Yeah, I just just the the inconsistencies with the whole thing, and again, it's another shout for uh, to have a video ref at every game. Can you check this? Can you check that? Give me some advice on this. Is that the sort of thing that you'd like to see? Absolutely, Checked. absolutely. You wouldn't even need a big screen. Look at Catalan when they first died. They didn't have a big screen. They had like traffic lights, didn't they? They had a red light and a green light. Yeah, that's right. The other thing as well, you wouldn't actually need to, to get the referee to look like they're doing football and things like that because if you look at the um, when they had the two-ref system, mm. you could get that advice off a ref that's in the studio and say, actually, no, he's done this. He's made contact with the head, with the shoulder. It's a red card. You're on screen. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, they take that decision. I agree. But um, they don't, don't it's know. like they don't like to put pressure on one person, so it's yeah, better just right. not to do it. So, what about Six Again and Jordan's question? Obviously, they'll be, they'll be miles better. Um, have they got enough to, to go on and win? Well, Super League now seems they're at the Challenge Cup. Have they got enough to go on? Maybe. I, I still. I, I still don't think. I still think the one or two pieces missing from that jigsaw. Where do you see them in three years? Back on top. To, to be honest, I think they're missing a coach. I don't know what it is about Richard Agar. He just doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence. Doesn't inspire you. Yeah, and maybe that's harsh because I don't know the guy, and obviously don't know what's going on behind scenes. But he just, he just to me doesn't fill me with confidence like you say so no, I mean it is one of the top jobs in rugby league isn't it yeah the lead rhinos coaches it doesn't get much bigger really no um, I think the the with the way the league is this year, obviously it's still, still early days and I think teams are still finding the footing um, but obviously if they get the, the quicker they get players back the better and obviously they'll they'll, they'll be pushing they'll be, they will be pushing for top four top three I think are they going to make the grand final? No. So how far are they going to get this season? It's tough, isn't it? Because it's still very early on. I, I, I'm not quite sure they'll make um, the semi-final. I don't think they'll make the semi-finals. I think they will. I think they'll fall at the final hurdle before the grand final. I think they might fall one shot. Well, of the two shots, yeah, two shots. Sorry, yeah. Okay, but but I think the future looks really bright for them. Definitely, definitely. Um, and I, and I think that's good, and I think it's important, and I think Super League needs a, a strong lead rhinos. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's um, I think that's so important for the league. You know, they just need to keep doing what they're doing with um, their academy levels and and bringing the right overseas players in or. Um, players from other clubs just bring the right people in and and yeah. I'm I'm sure they'll they won't go far wrong. Okay. Well, that's the cha- that's the challenge cup. The draw 
was made interest from a couple of interesting ties, which we'll preview when that comes around. But just to go through, there's some really, really good games. Um, Hull v Wigan, Castleford yep. v Salford, Catalans versus Warrington, and St Helens versus Huddersfield. Yep. Some really, I'd say, mouth-watering ties there. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what, we missed one game. Oh, did we? Sorry. Hull KR and Castleford. Oh, how can I miss that? We'd left it till last deliberately as well, haven't yeah. we? Sorry, it's another mistake from me. People are used to it by now. <laughs> and if they're not, then, well, it should be. Talk to me about that one. Yeah, probably the game of the, the round, really, wasn't it, in the end? Um, yeah, I believe, um, I think Castleford have just scored. <laughs> yeah. It's Tuesday, as we're recording, and I think they've just scored. Yeah. So, well done to Castleford. I, I You know, all okay, KR, I'm not really sure how they've lost it, but they have. Um, after flying into the lead, cast making um, a late surge, uh, some some good play by uh, Paul McShane to feed it through to Jordan Turner to score in the last second to to level it up at thirty two all, and then obviously Danny Richardson just misses the kick to to seal it for him, and then we have a <laughs> what is it four golden point periods? We, we had a miss drop goal fest, didn't we? Oh yeah, ninety nine minutes. Yeah, ninety nine minutes. What a it's like a game and a half, isn't it? Yeah. But they just kept missing the drop goals, didn't they, all the time? I don't think I've ever seen as many missed drop goals when it comes to a um a golden point or, you know, last couple of minutes when they're trying them. No, I don't think um I've seen so many missed either. No. Big uh, I, I do think that's um a big blow for Rovers though. Yeah, they were they they desperately need a win. Like Solver did. Yeah. Um, and if they'd have got it against Cass, that would have been a real confidence booster. Yeah, absolutely. But that was just a, a so entertain, uh, just an entertaining game. Um, didn't didn't were you telling me before as well about about viewing figures? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, there was there was a stat stat of my own this week before we move on to Bobby's. Um, there was over a million viewers watched Saints and Leeds. On Saturday, fantastic, and not only that, but eight hundred thousand of them stayed for Catalan and Wakefield. Brilliant, which is great figures. So there's only a twenty percent drop off for Catalan and Wakefield. <clears throat> yeah, which is that's fantastic, excellent. So I think it's that time, isn't it? You've got you're doing them this week, aren't you? Yeah, he sent them to me this week. So, so go on then. It's Bobby's stats of the week. Excellent, I love these. So we've got two, three, four stats of the week this week. He's even done them on his notes and sent them me this week rather than in his spider scroll. Well done, Brenda. (laughs) Stat number one. Ryan Pappenhausen becomes the first Storm player ever to score 20-plus points in consecutive games. Can't get away from the haircuts. It's working for him. It's like Samson. (laughs) If he cuts it, it'd be rubbish. Dean Samson, he used to play for Castleford. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Stat number two. George Lawler of Hull KR played for 90 minutes and has recorded the longest amount of playing time by a forward. He also made 69 tackles. That deserves one of them. Absolutely. Well done, George. Stat number three. In the first 100 years of rugby league... There were six privately educated England internationals. 
Since the dawn of Super League, just three professional players have been educated at a private institution. Really? Yep. I actually, I know you told me that one before, and I actually looked into that. I couldn't find out who they were, that's what I was looking for, but I read on it that 50% of the England Rugby Union squad were privately educated, (laughs) and 50% of the England Cricket squad. Oh, really? Yeah, whereas we've had six in 125 (laughs) years or something, yeah. Yeah. Not 6%. No. Just six. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's not nine, is nine, it now? Right. Yeah, yeah, six in the first hundred years, and then since Super League, three privately educated. We're a clever lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're from the streets, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, last stat. After Hull KR and Castleford played for 99 minutes on the weekend, the longest game of rugby league on record was from a Group 21 grand final in New South Wales, Australia, where Denman beat Scone 24-20 after 128 minutes of rugby league. That was 48 minutes of extra time was played. (laughs) Even the crowd went home. (laughs) Yeah. So if I see any Castleford or old KR players complaining on Twitter this weekend, they're getting it. <laughs> well, I see Tony Smith um, was asking for a change in the Golden Point rules, wasn't it, this week, about more interchanges and things. Yeah. And um, blaming it on uh, player welfare and stuff. Well, that makes sense, but... It does, but... Uh, tell yeah. that to Scone. <laughs> <laughs> or Scone, depending where you're scone. from. Yeah, <laughs> we're rugby league. Yeah, scone. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Oh, that fancy losing that. That's like that tennis match at Wimbledon. Do you remember that? Oh, John Isner yeah. and uh, Nicholas Mahout that went to seventy sixty eight in the fifth set. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a bit like that, isn't it? Mm. Losing losing that match, isn't it? Yeah. Oh well. Anyway, that was Bobby's stats of the week. Well, um, a little feature this week because we're going to run out of time soon as well. But because of the whole KR game. And the and the castle for the drop goal, it got me thinking about the top ten drop goals that in the Super League era. Okay, not necessarily Super League, not necessarily these are some some favourites if you like, not necessarily the match winners or anything like that. But this is there anyway. In true rugby league fashion, um, I ended up with thirteen instead of ten. <laughs> uh, so I'll just go. Seems an appropriate number. Exactly, that's what I thought in the end of it. So I'm just going to go backwards in this. Um, if you if you remember or any comments or just um, give us your thoughts on them. Thirteen, Adam Reynolds, South Sydney Rabbit Holes versus Brisbane Broncos, because it was the first two pointer in twenty twenty one. Yeah, pretty so historic, I've, really. I've put him in. I've put him in. Number twelve, two thousand and six, Leeds seventeen, Warrington eighteen. Now they've already got a drop goal each at seventeen all, and then Lee Breers pops up, who was. Probably the king of the drop goals in the Super League era. Yeah. Um, and got his 50th drop goal of his career with that one. Yeah. Uh, like you say, drop goal master really, wasn't he? Absolutely. 11th, I've put Matty Smith. Saints 25, Salford 24 in 2017. And if you remember, I think they Saints come back from... I don't know, 24-10 down or something yeah. ridiculous. It was about seven about minutes seven to go. Seven minutes to go. Yeah. And, yeah, and then Salford tried a silly chip kick through. I think it was Robert Louis. Yeah. Tried a silly chip kick through. And it, the, then the hooter blew and they passed it back to Matty Smith and he landed it 
Yeah, it was so epic, I've, really. I've put that in as number 11. Number 10, another big comeback match. Um, 2007, Wigan 31, Bradford 30. And drop. Uh, uh, Pat Richards got the winning drop goal. And I think, if I remember rightly, in the game, Wigan had come back from about 30 points to eight down or something ridiculous and, and come back and won 31-30. And funnily enough, that was Pat Richards' first drop goal of his career. Was it really? Yeah. Which you wouldn't think so. No. Number nine. Uh, I've gone into the championship for this one, the championship final. Halifax 23, Featherston 22, 2010. Uh, I think it was Golden Point and it was Ben Black, halfback for Halifax, who I thought was a decent player at the time. I do remember him. Um and he was he won the championship grand final uh, with that one twenty three twenty two at number eight. I've gone. Uh, you might remember this one two thousand sixteen Wakefield twenty five Catalans twenty four at Magic Weekend. Jacob Miller smashing one from the halfway line. Yeah, he bombed it. Didn't Absolutely he? bombed it. It was brilliant. Right, and he was actually right on the centre spot. Mm. And that I thought that it was excellent. Now then, number seven, and we've done this, I think, well, I've not done it especially for one of our listeners, but uh, I know one of our listeners um, is an Oldham fan, isn't he? Yeah. Um, uh, George? Yeah. And um, I've put in an Oldham match. Um, 2014, League One, Grand Final, Golden Point, Hunslet 17, Oldham 16. And that's Thomas Coyle. Um, unfortunately for Oldham, that was the sixth time in a row that they'd lost the League One Grand Final. Yeah, and um, Hunslet went into the Championship, but another golden, another golden point there. Um, but it's always good to get Oldham a mention, I think. Yeah, always. Yeah. yeah. Six. Um, Tony Smith, halfback. He played for Wigan, I think, at one time. Um, Nineteen ninety-eight. Great Britain versus New Zealand, twenty-three all, and he kicked a, a goal after the Hooter to draw the series. Right. So if you look it up on YouTube, it's a, it's a good one to look. Um, number five, um, I've gone for Luke Gale in 2017 in the playoff semi-final against St. Helens, 23-22, uh, which was um, an amazing game in itself. Yeah. And Saints lost it, had it won, gave a penalty away on the hooter to send it to Golden Point. And then there was a couple of missed attempts and then Luke Gale slotted it over to seal uh, Castleford's place in the grand final where they um, went on to lose to Leeds Rhino, didn't they? Yeah. Number four. This, I know this one, I like this one. This is Leeds versus Castleford in 2019, 21-20. Brad Dwyer. Oh, yes, I remember now, that. Now, I've gone for this because of the reaction of the coach, Dave Ferner. Yes, I remember that. And it pans on Dave Ferner when he's put it in. And it and it goes back as he and you look at Dave Furman and you're going, what the effing hell is he doing? Oh no, no! And then he kicks it and it's like, oh yes! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I put that in just for Dave Furman's reaction because it was priceless, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, at number three, a real it didn't make a difference to the result in the end. Um, Pat Richards again for his second nomination, and this was at. Um, uh, Saint Adarby, Saints versus Wigan in 2013, Saints 22, Wigan 16, and he was out wide on pretty much the 40, uh, I think it was right on half time, and he was pretty much on the 40 metre um, line, but he was on the touch line. 
Yes, I remember. Is that the one where Joel Greenwood ended up scoring the winner? I think it was. Um, but yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that because I thought he was sort of getting swung ground as a tackle. Yeah. And ended up just dropping it and booting it. I've never seen a drop goal like it. No, I've never seen one before like that, or since. Yeah. So he's in at number three. At number two, I've gone for Sean Long in the 2002 Grand Final Saints versus Bradford Bulls. One, because it won the Grand Final. And two, because there was still um, there was still time for controversy after that uh, with Chris Joint's voluntary tackle. Yeah. Which I think Bradford fans still go on about. Didn't you have a friend that went on a bus once? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had a friend that, that went on um, a bus um, in his St. Ellen's shirt. And... When he got on the bus, he he just sort of in the corner of eye clocked this this Bradford fan. And when was this, by the way? Um, about two thousand and eleven, right? So like ten years on, right? Um, and he he didn't like say hi to this Bradford fan. He just noticed he had a Bradford shirt on as he was entering the bus. Anyway, he went upstairs, and this Bradford fan followed him <laughs> to the top deck. Yeah, didn't have a clue. Had never met him before. And started going on about the Chris Joint voluntary tackle. <laughs> but he wasn't bitter. No, he weren't bitter, no. It was only nine years ago or whatever. <laughs> Absolute time. classic. Was it a voluntary tackle? No, because he didn't get up and play it, did he? No. So So it can't be. No. But there you go. So I've gone for that as number two. Have you any idea what I've gone for as number one? Um, It wouldn't be... Gareth O'Brien in the Million Pound Game, would it? Uh, no, I forgot about that one. <laughs> oh, no, right. it actually was. Oh, was it? <laughs> it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gareth O'Brien, Solver versus Hull KR, 1918-2016, that saved Salford. Um, yeah. And and it was a monster. Yeah, I don't think they'd be where they are now, I don't think, if, they, uh, if you hadn't got that. It almost cleared the top of the post, never mind the bar. Yeah. From, from pretty much halfway. Yeah. Some some drop goal that from someone who looks like he'd snap if he kicked it too hard. Yeah, he doesn't like a kickboxer or anything like that, does he? No. no. And then the only other thing I remember about that game afterwards was Kukash on the um, <laughs> on the cameras going like, "We've done it, we've done it, we've saved it, we've legging it on the pitch with an oversized check." <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, <laughs> sign from Big Night. A little bit like any football fans that are older will remember David Pleat doing the same thing for Luton in the early eighties when they relegated Manchester City. Mm. at Main Road um, which wasn't a great idea I think but he's he still these he, iconic images but yeah he ran on didn't he with, um, with a, a big novelty check <laughs> oh different absolutely different class oh dear anyway that was my that was my um, 10 dro- uh, 13 drop goals in the end very good list thank you I like that list good now it's time for this. It's Callum's Red Corner. I've missed this. Yeah, it's back. It's back. Come on then, angry man. And I think got? it's back with a bang as okay, well. well what have you got? <clears throat> the whole Daryl Powell, Steve Price malarkey thing that's going on, I just think is an absolute shambles. I think it's completely immoral with some of the stuff that's gone on. 
you know, we're, we're two games into this season and um, it's, well, before the season, it's announced that Steve Price is leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, then all of a sudden, Daryl Powell's leaving. You can put two and two together. You've definitely got four. Anyway, a week later, it's confirmed. And I just think the timing of it is just completely just, just wrong. With 25 games to go. With 25 games to go and... And then all the stuff that's come out afterwards about, the, you know, the Warrington chairman's coming out and saying why they've picked Daryl Powell. You've still got Steve Price sat next to you. Yeah. Why are you going on about next season? Why are you, why are you, why are you going on about Daryl Powell? It's, it's just not right. You shouldn't be saying anything. It shouldn't have even been announced yet. And if you have done, you shouldn't be coming out saying why you've picked him. Just leave it at that. There's no need. And then following that... You've got rumours of uh, Jake Truman and Peter Matautia following Daryl Powell to Warrington. They're still at Castleford. If, I, if you're a Castleford fan, you'd be fuming. I'm fuming about it. I'm sure they're fuming about it. It's just, it's completely wrong. I don't think it's done Warrington much favours either. No, it hasn't done. If if you're a Cast fan, you should be worried about the future with all your best players following Powell. If you're a Warrington fan, you should definitely be worried about this season because at the minute you're scraping results. The Swinton thing, you didn't exactly brush past Swinton, did they? It wasn't the the result that you would expect it to with the team that they put out. They've not been great in the league. It begs the question, how much are they now playing for Steve Price? Exactly. So why are you doing it? So, Cash should be worried about future. Warrington should be worried about this season. It's, it's just complete right. If you're a Cass fan, right, and you're thinking, oh, you're already upset that Daryl Powell's leaving, and now you should be mega upset that Truman and Matautia might be leaving. What about everybody who's just bought like a brand new Castleford shirt with Truman, with Truman on or Matautia? Oh, this is going to age well. You're not going to wear that again in the fashion that this has happened. No, you, all the ticket. You've not watched a game for eighteen months. Just treat the fans with a bit of respect. It wouldn't happen in football. Say say Mourinho is going, oh, I'm going back to Chelsea. He's leaving Spurs, going back to Chelsea. Oh, and by the way, I'm taking Harry Kane and Son. Wouldn't happen. Wouldn't even be announced yet. No, not with 25 games to go. No. Two games into the season. Mourinho's not going, I'm going back to Chelsea next year and I'm taking Harry Kane with me. Wouldn't happen. No. Everything that has been done should be uh, should have been done all in house and kept a secret till the end of the season. Yeah, I don't see why Darrell Powell couldn't have gone in and said, "Look, lads, this is going to be my last season." Um, Ridiculous. But then to actually get another job a week later or whatever, I, I, I agree. But that that is an excellent red corner. Thanks. That is excellent red corner. And we'll just wait and see how that one plays out because I'm sure that story's not ended yet. No. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> finally this week, uh, we've got a, a little preview just to finish off of this week's fixtures. Uh, Super League round three. Uh, Leeds Rhinos are against uh, Wigan Warriors. I think 
Bevan French is back in the squad for Wigan, whether he'll play or not, I'm not so sure. But they seem to be getting one or two players back. Jackson Aston has got a few minutes under his belt now as well. With all their in- injuries, Leeds should have. I think Wigan should, should probably take this one. I'm, I'm going to say Wigan by 14. Uh, yeah, I think so as well. I think the Rhinos will be in a similar position to last week where uh, they'll give it a lot, but perhaps won't have the, the guile to break break Wigan down. Yeah. Um, so I think I'll go Warriors by 12 on that. Um, Castleford Tigers against Lee Centurions. I was hoping it would be Tigers versus Warrington again, but they've already done that one already, haven't they? Yeah, first game, wasn't yeah. it? Oh, and then they announced it. They kept they kept the announcement until after that game, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Tigers. Yeah, Tigers versus Centurions. Um Cassid to be going all right, you know, even with everything that's just been said. Um and Lee look very lost at the minute. I think Castle will win by twenty two. Yeah. I I agree round about that. And I think I'll go twenty six, I think. I think I'll go in, in excess of that, I think. Yeah. Saints versus Trinity. Um, I think Saints' attitude was wrong turning up to the Challenge Cup game. I think a lot um, of mistakes. Yeah, a lot of mistakes. I think that they'll be much better this week. And again, Wakefield are one of them teams that look very lost. Will they be boosted with this? Obviously, the players will know whether Fafita's coming now or not. Uh, I would have thought. I think. But I think Saints will, will take it again. I think they'll take it by twenty-four. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go twenty. One thing I will say on that, though, very briefly, is um, uh, in in one of our earlier episodes, and we had our ten to watch, which has sort of really fell flat because they've all been injured or not played or whatever. But how good did uh, Iggy Parsi look? Yeah, he was really good. <clears throat> He's you know carried the ball well, made the breaks. Always seemed to poke his nose through, didn't he? And um, some real strong carries. He'll be immense. Um, he'll be a fan's favourite when the when the crowds can come back in. I think absolutely. He reminds me of um, if you remember Mori Fasavalu. Yeah, yeah, I remember him. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hulkington Rovers uh, again, sort of field giants. Um, are we back to the if Caesar plays scenario? Possibly because I know I know they didn't come out. With the the name in the hat for the next round, but I thought they were a lot better. Uddersfield just don't seem to be ticking, do they? But maybe this Challenge Cup win will, you know, set them in the the right direction now. Yeah, Yeah, so I'm going to say Uddersfield by eight. I've got to stick with Uddersfield because of my second place prediction, haven't I? So I'll go 14 for Uddersfield. Okay. Um, So, yeah. Um, But obviously, we keep saying it every week, but the sooner they get... Uh, Aiden sees about the better. Uh, Dragons uh, versus Salford. Um, Dragons. I think I think they've got too much for Salford. I know they had a good win against Witness, but at the end of the day, it was Witness. Obviously, where they're at now, uh, tragic. I think as well. Oh it? yeah, it's it's a crime. Um, but I'm going to say Catalan by eighteen. Yeah, I'll go fourteen. I think well, I think uh, Red Devils will put up a good fight, but I think you might be right. They they might have too much. I think. Yeah. And finally, uh, another interesting tie: Hull FC against the Wolves. Yeah, very interesting tie. Um, 
Let's say Warrington don't exactly seem to be firing on all cylinders at the moment. One from two in the league, aren't they? Breeze past Lee. Um, I don't think they ever, or for the majority of the game, didn't need to get out of second gear for Swinton, but um, I think Hull have looked excellent and I think they'll be too much for Warrington. I'm going to say Hull by 10. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Hull 12, I think. Um, Hull, I think, down there right. I think, well, we were talking about before, with Warrington's left. Um, I think Hull will be able to cancel that out. Yeah. And I think uh, they've looked really good so far. Definitely. Uh, Jake Connor, as you said before, at the heart of everything. Real dark horses, I think, if they carry on like this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And again, I think as well, again, as we said before about the the, the league needing a strong lead rhinos, I think it's great for the league to have a strong hull side as well. Yeah. So I think that's that's great. So um, I think that just about wraps us up, doesn't it? Yeah, that's everything. We had quite a lot this week, didn't we? We did. It was really good that this week. Oh, I enjoyed it anyway. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. So, well, I think I think that's about it from us. So, well, thank you for listening. Um, we did plug it halfway through and we have got our specials coming up around governance and finance and uh, the game product. Uh, so make sure you listen out for them, but obviously we'll let you know when they're, when they're published. Um, if please look after yourselves this week, if you see Reggie rabbit knocking about, um, please don't batter him. Yeah. He's had enough. Honestly, <laughs> he's had enough. So please, and, and that, that, I must say that goes for all super league mascots as well. <laughs> yeah. You know, if, if you see any of them, if you, you know, if you see Wolfie or uh, JT, I got me thinking as well, just before we go, JT, the, the, what does JT stand for on the jungle? Is it, is it Jungle Tiger? Do you know what? I've never thought of that. Because he follows us on Twitter. So JT, if you are listening, can you let us know what J? I I don't think it, it, it's Jungle Tiger. I'm going to say John Thompson. Jordan Turner. <laughs> <laughs> so it could be I don't know JT anyway but anyway again please if you see JT in the street this week doing his shopping um, ask him his name don't batter him yeah exactly exactly be nice to mascots week yeah so that's it from us uh, enjoy your rugby league this week and it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from me